In this episode of Locked On Capitals, the Washington Capitals fall to the Minnesota Wild 5-1. The story of the game was too many penalties. The Washington Capitals got called for two too many men on the ice penalties. And where do the Capitals turn for help in net? I will talk about all of that and more next on this episode of Locked On Capitals. Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome in. To this episode of Locked On Capitals, I'm so glad you decided to join me today. My name is Dan Holming. I host this podcast for Locked On Capitals. And thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. You can find me on Twitter. It's DanCaps218. So the Washington Capitals fall to the Minnesota Wild again. This is their second big loss in a row. The last one came on the 28th as they lost to Carolina. Another kind of blow game, 6-1. to one. How are the Capitals going to turn that around? We'll talk about that. We're going to talk about the sloppy play tonight. Let's face it, the re- one of the biggest reasons the Capitals lost tonight was because of sloppy play. They had those two too many men on the ice penalties. You're not going to win hockey games that way. And then we will also talk about where do the Capitals turn for help in net. So to start off here, the Caps fall, like I said, 5-1 to one to Minnesota. They've been outscored 11-2 over the last two games, both at home. With a six-day break in between, there's plenty of blame to go around. Of course, no offense, and Vanacek has yielded nine goals in the last five periods. Laviolette on the need to simplify and play less east-west. You can say it, but you've got to do it right. You've got to go out there. You've got to play north to south, and you've got to deliver that type of game. And right now, we're not. That's what I'm talking about. And it was just, they didn't have that aggression. I think that if you're going to take on a team like the Minnesota Wild, you got to bring a big physical game. And I don't know where that has gone with this Washington Capitals team. I just don't know. I said in an earlier podcast that the keys to success for beating the Minnesota Wild is to bring a physical game. And I don't know if they need to wake up Tom Wilson, uh, Alex Ovechkin, uh, Garnet Hathaway, the guys out there that are normally a bigger physical presence to kind of push those guys into the corner, finish your checks, back check, do whatever you got to do to eliminate them. Because the Minnesota Wild had their way with the Washington Capitals tonight. There's no doubt about it. Laviolette on the two too many men caps penalties. One was an exchange. You can't play the puck when somebody's exchanging. And the second one, a player didn't hear. The line was called. And, uh, you know, that those are the things that you got to do. You think that by this point, you're playing at your home arena. There's no real excuse for that. I mean, you kind of are control in control of your fate and how things go there. But I just think that with the Minnesota Wild getting two goals right off the bat there in succession, I just think that that kind of threw the Capitals off of their game. But the question is, is how are they going to fix these problems? 
this is we're heading on the up on the end of the year here, and there's no real time to try to tinker with this and figure it out. I, I think p- putting Marcus Johansson on the top line was an interesting move. Um, I think that they should have put Tom Wilson on the top line, that big physical presence out there, to kind of clear the lane a little bit for Alex Ovechkin and Nick Baxter or, or Evgeny Kuznetsov, who they're ever going to put on the top line, but. They just kind of, at this point of the season, you wouldn't think that they'd keep tinkering with the line, injecting this person on the right wing and that person on the top line right wing. It just doesn't seem like they were, there's a lot of thought process that went into it. And as far as the physical game goes, maybe that is Peter Laviolette hockey. Maybe he doesn't like to bring as big of a physical game as previous coaches, but whatever they have to do, they have to find a way to win these games. Those are two big losses, two big, what I would call statement losses. And as we're heading for the postseason, we don't need these kind of losses over the capital shoulder shoulders. Um, Alex Ovechkin, when you give those chances right away, it kind of kills your momentum. If we want to have success, we can't play like that. The leadership group, all of us have to play better. And that's one of the things I talked about too, is that maybe Alex Ovechkin needs to pull the guys in the, in the room aside, pull them in the locker room and have one of those meetings behind closed doors and say, hey guys, what are we doing wrong here? Because obviously, whatever we're doing out on the ice is not enough. And uh, like I say, we're heading into the end of the season here. Uh, we only have this month of hockey left before the playoffs start. And there's not enough time for the Capitals to really think about what are they going to do. They need help in net but we're past the trade deadline. Where are they going to turn? We'll talk about that later in this episode, but they just need to figure it out because as the, the way they were playing tonight, it's unacceptable. I mean, this was a game at home. It would have been unacceptable if it was in Minnesota, but the Capitals are better than this. Now, this is a team, the Minnesota Wild team, that brings a lot of firepower. And they also went out and made big splashes by picking up Marc-Andre Fleury, who didn't play tonight, but This Minnesota Wild team was a team that was all in. They were all in on winning. And the Washington Capitals just weren't dialed in. It didn't seem like the entire game. They only have a couple days before they play Tampa, who is in third place in their division. How are they going to figure this out? Because Tampa Bay is not a team that's just going to lay over and play dead either. It's going to be a tough road ahead for the Washington Capitals as we take a look at who they're facing next. And the biggest opponent they're facing is the Tampa Bay Lightning, and that is going to be a big game. Make no mistake about it. Uh, Vitek Vanacek gave up four goals on the Wild's first 13 shots. And, you know, you could speculate out there on why that was. Was he out of position? Uh, Was the defense folding in front of him? But I think that when you come up against a big deficit, like a two to nothing deficit by a team that uh, if they're from ahead, playing from ahead, rarely do they give up a lead. So I think to a certain extent, extent that the Washington Capitals got kind of caught up in their own mind and thought, oh, what are we going to do? We're already down at two to nothing. How are we going to right this ship? Like I say, they don't have a lot of time to figure it out. This was a game that I thought, you know, when I was talking with Seth Topol from Lockdown Wild, that it was going to be a closer game. I said, there's no way that this game is going to be a blowout. You know, it doesn't matter if it's going to be them 
if it's the Wild or the Capitals, I didn't think that you know either one of those, uh, either one was going to be a blowout. I thought it was going to be a much closer game, but it wasn't. So this was a game that they had plenty of time to figure it out. They had a bunch of days off. I'm just not really sure what uh, went wrong there. Uh, on paper, it just seemed like you know, like I say, it was going to be a closer game. This game, Tom Wilson enters tonight's game on a five-game point streak with three goals and three assists and only one goal shy of tying his career high of 22 goals set in the 18-19 season. And, uh, you know, just looking, you know, at statistics, the Capitals beat them uh, nine out of 12 in Washington the last time. So, I mean, the record looks good for the Washington Capitals on paper. Like I said, this game should have been one that was a lot closer. It was a game that saw Johan Larson making his debut with the Washington Capitals. I got to say, just from watching his play, I wasn't too impressed, but I mean, I don't want to judge him too harshly based on just uh, his first game out there, but there are certain questions that are starting to pop up. And uh, some of those are, is did the Capitals do enough at the trade deadline? I've talked about that in the last few podcasts, but it's becoming more and more evident as we go on through this season because these games that should be closer. Now, like I say, the Minnesota Wild are in second place. And the Carolina Hurricanes, who the Capitals played before that, are in first place. So these are big opponents. I know that these weren't going to be games like they played against the Sabres and the Devils, but you got to keep these games closer than that if you have any chance at moving forward in the playoffs. And I mean, that's the end game, isn't it? Is to do well in the playoffs. And if they keep playing like this tonight, it's going to be curtains for this Washington Capitals team in short order as they head to the playoffs because as you go along, as you know, it's only going to get more difficult. Things are not going to get any easier. And the Washington Capitals, when they've been put to task against two really tough teams, they haven't fared that well. And I thought, you know, on, I said, you know, Vitek Vanacek is in net. I thought on paper that seemed like a slam dunk. He's been playing pretty lights out in net. Um, I just thought to myself, just so they don't put Ilya Samsonov out there. But Vitek Vanacek had a bad game. I don't want to cast all the blame on him because all the blame doesn't deserve to go to him. But nonetheless, they need to figure this out as they go along if they want to have any chance uh, at moving forward in the playoffs. All right, so after the break, we are going to talk about the game. We're going to break down the game a little bit more, uh, just uh, the different plays and what went right and what went wrong. But first, this is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. They're so good. These are going to be your new favorite. All Built Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. Yes, the Puffs included 100% chocolate. They're low-calorie, high-protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They are better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Ouch. So keep good on your New Year's resolution and keep eating well with Built Bar. Go to Built.com and scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be blown away. High-protein, low-cal, high-fiber, low-carb. 
Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. That's the big one. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. So, Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off at Built.com. Thank you, Built. All right, before we start this next segment, we're going to talk about Locked On Now. Locked On Now is the Locked On's network's team of local experts that know everything about every team in the NHL. So when you're done with this podcast, make sure and check out Locked On Now. All right, so just to go a little bit more game by game and break down this game, uh, the highlights and lowlights, and let's be honest, there wasn't a lot of highlights out there. So, like I say, Johan Larson made his debut. It was Talbot versus Vanacek. And, uh, you know, I thought, you know, on like I say, on paper, they're facing our best goalie against what I would say was their second best goalie. I mean, Talbot played well this year, but Marc-Andre Fleury is by far uh, the better of the two. And if you see how he played in the last couple of games, you would agree with me. And then some of the questionable moves. They put Marcus Johansson on the top line. And like I talked about in the first segment, I'm not really sure what they were thinking when they did that. I'm just not sure what they were thinking. I think that Tom Wilson quit tinkering with the lineup and just keep Tom Wilson on the top line. They've also had some luck with Connor Sheary, but I would say... All in all, I would keep Tom Wilson on the top line. I know that as the game went on, they kind of uh, tinkered with uh, the lines a little bit, as they do. But uh, just to even start off with just messing with the lines that much, uh, just kind of you know draws into question what they're thinking. Are they getting a little bit desperate at this point? So to start off the game, there was a stretch pass to Erickson Eck, and it's one to nothing Minnesota, and that happened just right away into the game. And like I say, boom. Just a real demoralizing one to nothing. They're up and, it, you know, right away, the ca- uh, Capitals are trying to come back from a deficit. And uh, it, it's always tough when it's that way. But, uh, I mean, you got to battle through one to nothing's not too bad. And then Jost beat Schultz. It's two to nothing, Minnesota. And, uh, you know, you can kind of see where this is going here. Within the first few minutes, it's already two to nothing. And to a certain extent, I think the Washington Capitals already had kind of checked out from the game because I think that they were kind of still a little bit dejected from the last game they played against Carolina. They never really seemed to get any rhythm. There was that uh, goal that eventually was ruled as Hathaway's goal. Uh, That was the one that Ovechkin shot, but they just never really seemed to get any groove or momentum. And when you look at the lineup out there, I mean, you can't, the excuse all season long was, well, we don't have a lot of our starters in there. Well, guess what? Most of the starters were playing on the ice tonight. These are the players that are going to be playing in the playoffs. So if this lineup isn't good enough uh, right now, then it's not going to be good enough uh, in the playoffs. The Capitals got Trevor Van Riemsdyk back, and he was a big one that they were out for quite a bit of time. So like I say, a lot of these missing pieces that were out are coming back. It just seems that some of the players that they got at the trade deadline, I hate to say it, Johan Larson, which... I don't really want to judge and say who he's going to be or what kind of player he's going to be, but it's becoming apparent that Marcus Johansson, there is a reason that he played on five different teams over the last five years. So 
He's just not, he's not the Marcus Johansson of old. Let's put it to you like that. Um, and I know that they were bargain shopping and they didn't want to give up an, a lot of future picks. And, you know, I kind of said as much that I don't think the Capitals should, but, you know, the Capitals are getting what they got for getting these bargain basement players. And I don't mean to disparage Marcus Johansson because he made quite a few contributions to the Washington Capitals uh, in his previous stint with the Caps. But this time around, I'm not too impressed. So in the first, Talbot is sharp early, and he kind of was throughout the game. And then it was they brought the physical game. The Minnesota Wild brought the physical game, but the the Washington Capitals never did in return. So the Wild bringing that big game, Bukestead, blind hit on Ovechkin. And for a while there, it just really seemed like the Wild had Alex Ovechkin's number, and he didn't really do anything to try to stand up for himself. And I don't know if they were trying to, to uh, get him to draw a penalty, but Bukestead, like I say, hit Ovi, and then Faravari kind of came in uh, to have his back a little bit because Ovechkin just got kind of laid out in the corner there, and he didn't do a whole lot about it. So Faravari, who's kind of a another young, tough guy that the Capitals have, went out and uh, tried to settle the score a little bit. And then the first one, the Capitals penalized for too many men on the ice. In this case, it was Johan Larson, and I think that he gets maybe a little bit of a break because he's new to the team, and this is, after all, his first game with the Washington Capitals. So, I mean, we really can't judge him too harshly uh, based on that. And then there was some kind of dirty plays, and it just seems like the the refs kind of kept the whistles in their pockets and they weren't really paying attention out there because there was a lot of bad calls out there. And I, you know, that's what everyone says when you're on the losing end of things is that you're just a sore loser because your team lost. Well, in this particular case, Vitek Vanacek was undercut and tripped and nothing, nothing was said about it. And usually in those cases, if, um, if you go after someone's goalie, you're going to hear about it. There's going to be a, a price to pay for that one. And Vitek Vanacek was undercut and it went unpunished. It went unpunished by the referees and no one on the Capitals kind of stood up for Vitek Vanacek and said, hey, you're not going to let, you're not going to do that to our goalie. Where's Tom Wilson? Where's Garnet Hathaway? Where are the tough guys on the team that kind of put the Minnesota Wild in their place? Because uh, for a majority of the game, it seems like the Wild put the Capitals in their place as far as the physical game is concerned. So after the first period, it's two to nothing wild. In the second period, uh, Peter Laviolette must have kind of had a come to Jesus moment with a lot of these guys because it was a much tighter game in the second. Um, and then towards the end of the second, Erickson Eck, yeah, you guessed it. He got a goal close up and now it's three to nothing in the second and uh, this is kind of when the gurney starting to come down here on this game and the Capitals are done. And then Kuznetsov gets that slashing penalty. And you could tell that Kuznetsov was frustrated as he should be. Uh, it was a game, like I said, that uh, it seemed like the refs were blowing a lot of calls. They were getting away, uh, the Minnesota Wild, that is, were getting away with a lot of kind of what I would call dirty hits, um, slashing calls, going after Vitek Vanacek. And nothing was really called for a majority of the game. There was a penalty called later in the game. But for by and large, they kind of let the Minnesota Wild have their run of the ice. So then to start the third, Felino gets a goal, and now it is four to nothing wild. And, uh, you know, this is like I say, this is when the wheels start to fall off. And then finally in the third, Hathaway gets the goal. Even though it was Ovechkin that shot, it was a deflection off Hathaway. That makes it four to one. The Capitals get a second too many men on the ice penalty. 
And then the Minnesota Wild score on an empty netter to make it a five to one. And that is curtains for the Capitals for that game. Like I say, they're going to have to figure it out because, I mean, if they want to make any kind of run in the playoffs, that's what they're going to have to do. They're going to have to clean up their game and they're going to have to bring a physical game. I mean, there's no doubt about it. The Capitals have the guys. And in the beginning of the season, everyone in the NHL said that uh, the Washington Capitals are a heavy team. They bring a big physical game. Well, where was that tonight? Because it seemed to be absent to me. And that's what they're going to have to do because Tampa Bay, that is going to be just an equally tough opponent out there. They're not going to just lay over and let the Capitals have their way with them. So they're going to have to figure that out. And like I say, they only got a couple days to do that. And uh, we'll talk about after the break here, who do the Washington Capitals have in net? Vitek Vanacek, who has been the quote unquote steady Eddie in the net for a lion's share of this season, faltered tonight. Where are they going to turn to? Are they going to turn to Ilya Samsonov? Mm, I don't think so. I think that they're going to have to look within the organization as we are past the trade deadline. I think they need to go knock into Hershey and make a call up. We'll talk about who they're going to have to go to after the break here. So, Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, including this week's Masters Champions, odds, podcasts, and reviews for all the different leagues in the season. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. So in this final segment, like I talk about this, I think that the Capitals made the right move. They put Vitek Vanacek in net and uh, on paper, like I said, it seemed like the right thing to do, but it didn't end up being that way. And where are the Capitals going to turn to in net? Vitek Vanacek, who has been steady throughout the entire year, he was steady last year, but had an off game this game and uh, they need to kind of maybe take a look at the film and figure out what went wrong. Like I say, Vanacek gave up four goals on the wilds first 13 shots. And I, I can't think to myself that all of those goals uh, were, you know, very difficult goals for him to stop. Some of those had to be just softballs thrown in there that he was missing. And why was he missing him? Um, it could be said that maybe Vitek Vanacek, his game was thrown off because he allowed those two goals at first, but uh, you got to keep your head in the game there because they don't have a lot of depth to turn to. Uh, The man sitting behind him is Ilya Samsonov. And like we've talked at length about all this season is that he has been inconsistent. So where do the Capitals turn to in net? They do have some options in Hershey. They have Phoenix Copley and they have Zach Fukali. You know, like I banged the drum for Zach Fukali all year. I think that it is his time to shine. It's time to call Zach up. It's time for his shot on the big team and see what he can do. Because as it stands right now, as the Capitals go, you know, later and later in this season, who do they have in net? And as they make that push to the playoffs, who are they going to have in net? And uh, Tarek El-Bashir talked about that as much as he said that when you go into the postseason, you should never be questioning to yourself, who is going to be my netminder? It should always be. It's going to be this guy, you know, or in worst case scenario, my backup. And I kind of heard an interesting thing on the NHL network. It was on the Power Play show. It was an interesting show. If you ever get a chance to listen to it, Steve Coolius is a great host there. But he had, I think it was a Baron, um, 
on the show. But nonetheless, the guy made an excellent point. He said that your number one goalie should be should be your starter. And then if you ever have an injury on on your team, so say your number two uh, goalie, whoever that might be, gets injured, you should never go with the number two goalie. You should go with the number one guy in your AHL affiliate. And why is that? Because the guy in the AHL affiliate is getting way more playing time than the second guy on the big team, on the NHL team. So with that logic... They shouldn't turn to Ilya Samsonov because his play and the amount of games he gets is far less than Vitek Vanacek gets. They should go with either Zach Fukali or Phoenix Copley. And I think we all know where I'm going here. I think they should go with Zach Fukali. And uh, I think he's played lights out for Hershey most all of this, this season. I haven't kept up with all the games in Hershey, but the games that I have watched or I have read about, Zach Fukali has been playing great. And it seems like they have just a real great untapped resource in Hershey that they're not taking advantage of. And the question for me is, why not? What you have in net right now is inconsistent. And I've talked about that at nauseum. So you have nothing left to lose than to go with um, Zach Fukali. And, uh, you know, the sad fact of it is, is that's that's who it is now. And I hope that this isn't a sign of things to come for Vitek Vanacek, but he had a big loss tonight. Make no mistake about it. So who is going to be that saving grace for the Capitals? They need that one netminder at least that's going to try to get them through the playoffs and that push for the Stanley Cup. Like I've talked about before, let's kind of look back on Capitals history. In 2018, they had two great goalies, Philip Grubauer and Braden Holpe. Braden Holpe faltered, boom, put in Philip Grubauer. It was flawless. He played excellent. Then when his game was a little bit off, Brayden Holtby was rested, and boom, the rest is a Cinderella story. The Washington Capitals win the Stanley Cup. Unfortunately, they do not have either one of those goalies or either one of those caliber goalies currently on the roster or in Hershey, to be honest with you. I think that the closest in Hershey, like I've talked about, is Zach Fukali. But Ilya Samsonov and, you know, Vitek Vanacek, the more inconsistency they get from him, it really kind of draws into question uh, where he fits into this Caps lineup. Is he going to be the answer for the Capitals in the future? I think that there's going to be a lot of questions that are going to have to be answered if the Washington Capitals make a quick exit this year. I think that you're going to see that rebuild sooner than you think. I know that everyone talks about it's a cliche. I think I've even seen it on some t-shirts. You know, the window is still open open for the Washington Capitals, but it's closing. We're in win-now mode. Well, you might want to put those shirts in a rummage sale because I think a rebuild is coming. And uh, I, I don't mean to go down that road right away, but I will say if the Capitals do make that quick exit, count on it. Because I don't think that the uh, D.C. fan base um, has much tolerance for watching a losing product on the ice. Um, the Washington Capitals have a pedigree of winning most every year. If they don't win the Stanley Cup, they make it. To, they make big pushes into the playoffs. I think the last time they made a quick exit was uh, Adam Oates, and that goes back a little ways. I mean, you look at the Barry Trotz years. Uh, obviously, he took them to the Stanley Cup in 2018, but it's been some time before the Capitals made a quick exit. And I think it is Adam Oates. I'll have to check that, but that sounds about right to me. And... Um, they don't need to to relive that moment. They just need to kind of concentrate now. It doesn't need to go down that road. We do know, know that a rebuild is coming, but like I say, it's going to be coming sooner than later. 
if this Capitals team doesn't figure it out, because the product that I'm seeing out on this ice right now, um, if you're asking me, I don't think is playoff ready. I know it's not playoff ready. And what are they going to do about that? That is the question that needs to be answered. And there's no real clear answers right now. All right. That was this episode of Locked On Capitals. I want to thank you so much for joining me today. Now make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Hockey host Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And again, thank you again so much for joining me. I hope to have some better news here soon. Uh, The next big game is against Tampa Wednesday. And we'll talk a little bit more about what the Capitals need to do uh, on tomorrow's podcast. But again, thank you again for joining me. And I'll talk to you guys again tomorrow.